We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition. Oh, I got to turn it off, apparently. It doesn't just stop on its own. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Morning Grind podcast. I am your host today, TJ Zwart, subbing in for our guy, Stevie TPFL. Apologies for the late show today, but uh, we're still ready to break down this 12-game MLB DFS slate. I am joined by my guy, Keith Eister. How are you doing, Keith? Not too bad. Uh, trying to recover from this. You Darvish blow up here on Monday night. Um, I was under the field, but still had a little too much. Um, and San Diego hasn't done anything with the bats either. So I'm, I'm not, a, not a Padres fan tonight. I mean, did you not just do exactly as I said in the expert survey, word for word? You play Darvish in cash, you go full fade in tournaments today. Lovely. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, we're not going to rub that in. I actually took the day off for DFS and I just did some sports betting stuff. And so... Uh, I got a parlay going right now with Ellie De La Cruz and uh, to hit a home run. And so that one went. And then with uh, Castillo to hit uh, seven or more strikeouts and Adam- and uh, CJ Abrams to hit two or more bases. So if I can get one one of uh, these Blue Jays guys to hit a home run, things are going to be cooking for me a little bit. But we don't care about that. People want to talk about Tuesday's slate. We got 12 games. We might as well dive right into this one. Um I'm going to pull up the lineups page here. So I don't have a, uh, a total ahead of me quite uh, for this first game, but we got the battle of New York. It's the Mets at the Yankees. Uh, interesting one in this one, we got Verlander at Herman, two guys who have really been blown up at times this year. Two guys who have really looked good at times this year, obviously Verlander with his former pedigree, but hasn't quite looked as strong this year, but playing better recently. Herman, has gotten kicked out of some games for some sticky stuff, has looked like the best pitcher in the league some games, and just like an absolute bum in others. Uh, do you have any interest in Justin Verlander tonight? I don't think I can do it. Uh, first of all, he's got a huge ballpark downgrade going into Yankee Stadium from City Field. And you you mentioned it. He's just been a little too inconsistent here this season. Good outing last time against the White Sox. The Yankees aren't aren't near as scary with, with Aaron Judge still on the shelf, but just the ballpark downgrade and we have 12 games. There's a ton of options here. He's 9,100. There are a lot of other cheaper pitchers that, that I prefer over Verlander today. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think Verlander maybe in 150 lineups. I don't know if I'll necessarily be X in him out of the pool. It's a 12 game slate. I'll have to kind of see where I'm at. I'm just diving into this uh, really as a first look right now. So uh, Verlander maybe is going to be in my MME pool, but I don't think somebody that I'm really looking to consider, um, outside of a 150 lineup build type scenario. What about Domingo Herman, 8,300 on DraftKings coming in a little bit cheaper, uh, going up against the Mets. Not a huge fan of Herman either. The Mets have struggled a little bit. Um, his strikeout rate is 25%. He's looked really good at times. Like you mentioned, obviously has that perfect game on his record. Um, not, not one of my favorite guys in this range, but certainly in play, um, just the savings from Verlander, 
the Mets struggling a little bit on offense. I, I think he's in play, but probably won't be a huge part of my pitching exposure. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with the same. I'm on the same page as you, and I honestly feel very similarly to what I said about Verlander. I feel like we could just kind of run it back. MME, yeah, I think he's 100% in consideration. Um, just with that price tag, he's not very expensive. He could potentially put up a big game for, for that, but um, eight and a half total in this one, ballpark upgrade for the Mets. I don't really uh, feel the need too heavily to go to pitching in this one. How about bats, though? Are you uh, are you interested in any of the Mets bats going up against Domingo Herman? I certainly think they're in play um, because of the ballpark upgrade. I don't know if it's a full stack for me. I, I do think Herman is a talented pitcher, even if he can be inconsistent at times. Um, there are some real weak pitchers on this slate that, that we're going to have the chance to attack. But because of the ballpark, I don't mind hunting some home runs here. I would prefer to do it with lefties. Lindor looks really good. Um, he's 4800 That's a fair enough price. Can always play Pete Alonso in any matchup, especially with his recent slump here. He's down to 4500 That's a really nice price on, on Pete Alonso. Um, Alvarez is a, a mid-range catcher that I don't mind. There's some cheap young guys as well that have a little power, depending on who's in the lineup, um, Vientos or Beatty. Beatty is more than likely probably in there. I don't mind him at 2500 But again, it'd be more of a, a three-man stack or just hunting home runs for me. Yeah, I feel similarly. I don't think Alonzo is going to be somebody I want to go with. I want to give him just some more time to recover from that uh, wrist injury. It seems like they pulled him back a little bit too early. But Lindor... Um, Alvarez, uh, even somebody is a one-off that I don't mind. And if you want to stack up this team, I like the idea of just playing a near minimum price Vogelbach instead of, uh, um, instead of Pete Alonso and kind of use this team as a salary saving option. Um, I'm going to have to wait and to see on, uh, on Tuesday, like look at scores and odds and see what the odds are for Brandon Nimmo to hit a home run because he's been hitting with a lot more power this year. We talked about like in lefties against Herman. Uh, he's been somebody I like betting uh, some home runs uh, for this year because he's kind of so often priced around like plus 600, plus 700, uh, which is in the past pretty reasonable for him, but he's hit with quite a bit more power this year. So uh, he's somebody that I like going to. Uh, what about these Yankees going up against Justin Verlander? Verlander has been a bit of a reverse splitsy guy. But outside of Stanton, maybe Torres and uh, Bader, there's not a whole lot of righty power in this lineup without Judge. Yeah, there's there's really not. Um, and if Verlander were were cheaper, I would have more interest in him, even though the strikeouts are are down this year. But it is it is a weak Yankees lineup. Uh, I think it's the guys that, that you mentioned, Stanton, Torres, and Bader would be my primary leans. You can certainly play Rizzo as well. Um, there's that short porch in Yankee Yankee Stadium down the, the right field line. So certainly he could still hit one here. Um, don't love it as a full stack. Just Verlander is, is still got some skills in there, even if they haven't shown up as often. Yeah, I feel the same way. Honestly, this is this might be a game that not in the in an M, in the MME situation, but in single entry stuff, even three entry max, even going up to 10. I might just hit the X button on this game and try and shorten it, make it 11 game slate and maybe even smaller, depending on uh, some of these other games that we go through. We got a few people joining us live on YouTube. Make sure you're hitting that like button. We appreciate you tuning in live and uh, those tuning in either on YouTube afterwards, hit the like button as well. And even you on the podcast feeds, we appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully we'll be able to help you make some money. Uh, let's go on to the next game on this slate. We got Colorado at Washington um nine and a half total at and this one is which is pretty big for a Colorado game not at Coors um Austin Gomber at Trevor Williams it's a 12 game slate we probably can save some some we gotta find some time to save time should we just skip pitchers because we're not playing Austin <laughs> Gomber or Trevor Williams certainly not I mentioned some some pitchers we wanted to attack on this slate this would be two of them exactly and so let's start with the Colorado bats going up against Trevor Williams this team's pretty beat up right now with Blackman on the IL, Brian and Crone missing games right now. If Brian and Crone are out, it's going to be tough to want to target this lineup too much. Ryan McMahon got scratched before the game on Monday. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of lineup they put out. But even if these guys are out, I don't hate the idea of going with some Diaz, Nolan Jones, Gritchick as a cheap mini stack. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I said the same thing on Monday night. Um, and even played a little Patrick Corbin, I'm ashamed to admit. 
um, because the lineup was so weak. But they're they're sitting here with ten runs as we're recording. So good for Colorado. I still don't think they're a great offense, but Trevor Williams isn't very good either. So certainly don't mind them. Um, they're cheap enough. You can you can make it a full stack and pay up twice for pitching. I think is certainly viable on this slate. Um, a little concerned about the upside, but they they've obviously proven that they can do it against a weak pitcher. They get another one week another week one here today. So definitely don't mind the Colorado stack. We talked on uh, the morning grind last night. Uh, uh, Chief and I were, when we were on and we said, you Darvish, interesting play. If he's coming in low owned, if he's high owned, don't play. Uh, you, uh, we're not really interested in you Darvish at all. He got lit up. Patrick Corbin, another potential, potential uh, cheap uh, chalky guy said, don't play yourselves any Patrick Corbin. Uh, the cheap guy I wanted to go with as a uh, sneaky SP2 was Ryan Yarborough. He didn't really strike anybody out, but managed to go six innings. So I kind of wish I would have played. Sounds like you would have had a pretty big night. Because it probably <laughs> would have been a good night based on yeah. what we said on the on the morning grind and how things went in the expert survey. But uh, unfortunately, that's kind of how this baseball season's gone for me a little a little bit. I'm excited for uh, excited for uh, um, NFL season to start. But how about Washington going up against Austin Gomber? I love taking this Washington team against left-handed pitching. They don't really strike out against anybody, but they got a bit more power against those lefties and they are cheap. CJ Abrams, even in the lefty lefty match uh, matchup continues to lead off and has just been absolutely lights out since achieving uh, since being bumped up to that uh, uh, lead off status. Um, Lane Thomas was removed from Monday's game. So he might be out of the lineup. That's typically the guy that we want to target the most uh, against left-handed pitching for Washington, but even kind Candelario Ruiz, Manessis, Riley Adams, Stone, uh, if he's in there instead of Ruiz, Stone Garrett, maybe even Alex Call. I, I really like these guys as a cheap stack. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Very cheap. And they're, they've been decent against lefties. Um, I was concerned Monday about their upside. They're, they're putting up runs as well. This is a fantastic matchup here against Gomber, who's just not, he's not a good starting pitcher, even out outside of course. Um, love the way they line up. Hopefully, Thomas is back in there. Like you said, he's got awesome numbers against lefties this year. Candelario, a guy I do have a bunch of Monday night, had a big game. Look for him to do that again here in this spot. Um, I like the Stone Garrett call, another cheap outfielder. Alex Call is at the bottom of the the order. Always don't mind playing playing the nine hitter in any lineup. For that wraparound stack. Um, yeah, Washington very much in play. Derek and Chad saying that uh, Wayne Thomas took a fastball to the thigh and that's why he was removed from the game. So probably nothing too serious. It'll yeah, really just Charlie depend. Horse, hopefully. Yeah, just depend on how, how stiff he wakes up Tuesday morning on uh, whether or not he cracks the lineup, I would assume. Um, let's go take it over to the next one. We have Atlanta at Boston. Um, Nick Pavetta expected to be the long man in this one after Brandon Bernardino starts. Um, Charlie Morton on the other side for Atlanta. No total in this one yet. Um, obviously, we're not going to be playing uh, Bernardino, but do you have any interest in Nick Pavetta with the last time he came in just absolutely uh, breaking the slate for anybody <laughs> who wanted to uh, take a shot on him? Are you willing to go back there against Atlanta? Oh man, I this is a, an extreme boomer bust spot, but I think in 150 you can get some exposure. I probably don't get there in 20 lineups, even if I was making 50, I'm not probably not getting there. But as a, t- a deep tournament throw, like I know the Braves are awesome. It's in Fenway Park, which is a really tough place to pitch. You know what? I'm I'm retracting. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm taking Pavetta off the board, even in 150. I, I don't think you get there. Elaine is just too good. Uh, ballpark is amazing for hitting. Take him away. <laughs> I'm with you. Atlanta is just too too strong of a team. I don't think we can go there. What about Morton on the other side? Um, is he somebody you're going to be looking to uh, play on this 12-game slate? 9-3. It's a fine price tag. It's okay, but it doesn't really stand out against a team like Boston. Yeah, Boston I hate picking on because they just don't strike out very much. Um, we're not getting much of a discount at all here. Tough ballpark to pitch in. Probably leave Morton on the shelf today, too. Yeah, I agree with you. Maybe in a 150 max setting, but similar, similarly to, I feel like Morton, Verlander, and Herman kind of put all these guys in the same uh, same boat, and I feel similarly. If you want to keep him in your 150 max pool, not going to yell at you, but 
Also probably not somebody I'm looking to target in anything less than that. What about the bats? Atlanta, we want to play Atlanta against anybody. They have a ballpark upgrade. Uh, we like Atlanta, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, they're expensive, but there are, there are some mispriced pitchers on this slate that we're going to get to, um, which is why I changed my mind on Pavetta in the first place. I forgot about those guys later on in the slate. Um, Atlanta's the best offensive baseball. They're loaded with power all throughout the lineup, and they get an awesome park for power here. Um, this This is a fantastic spot. Atlanta might be the top top stack on the slate. Use some of those cheap pitchers. Get yourself some uh, some Acuna and some Olsen. But honestly, you can play the you can full stack this team without breaking the bank. Go with your Harris, Ozuna, Rosario's. Play some uh, Arcia. If Travis Darno makes the lineup as opposed to Murphy, I think it'll be Murphy in this one. But if Darno happens to crack it, he's not all that expensive either. So whether you're going with the back half or the front half, Atlanta's a fantastic stack. I don't think I'm going to be playing any Boston, maybe just Raphael Devers. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I like I like Devers as a one-off. As a full stack, Morton is still a solid pitcher, even though he's getting up there in age. Um, just don't see the upside for Boston today. Yeah, I'm with you. No Boston for me either. Let's save some time, take it to the next game. We got the Royals at the Guardians. Zach Granke at, against Aaron Savali, eight and a half total. I don't think I can really ever play any Zach Granke unless it's like a two game, four game slate maybe, and there's not not many other pitchers. Um, but what about Aaron Savali today? Is that somebody you're going to be looking to get to at seventy two hundred? I think because of the price and because of the matchup that we have to have a little interest here. Um, Kansas City has just been atrocious. They're all the way down. They're the worst offense in baseball at this point. Seventy WRC plus against right handed pitching, and they strike out at twenty four percent of the time. So. A fantastic matchup. I, Savali is not a guy that I like to play often. Um, strikeout rate is under 20% this year. We saw it a little higher than that uh, last season. So I think there's some room up on the strikeouts, but they have been below average this season. Um, because of the matchup, though, I, I do still have some interest here. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just it's because anybody who plays Kansas City, you usually have to uh, have somewhat uh, of an interest in these guys. So Aaron Zavalli, I think, is absolutely on the list as an SP2 that you can go to. Zach Gracie on the other side. He faced them earlier this month. Uh, He went seven innings and struck out nine. Not that we need to be watching game logs, but just as a point of reference, he did have a fantastic outing against these guys last time. He he goes six and strikes out seven, and you're absolutely thrilled. So uh, you don't even need that same type of output to get something strong out of him at that price. Greg, he's only 5,600, but I still don't think you can play him. Kansas City against Savali, is that somebody that you're going to be looking to stack up? Probably not a stack for me. Um, Like I said, I don't think Savali is anything more than an average starting pitcher, but just this Royals, I know for a fact, is below average, um, extremely below average. I think you can certainly play Witt or Sal Perez as one-offs, but that's probably all I'm interested in. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Maybe if you're double paying up at pitcher somewhere and you want to mix in some cheap guys, you can get some KC bats in as a mini stack. But outside of that, I don't think there's a lot of points. Cleveland has been pretty terrible all season long until recently. They're finally starting to pick things up a little bit, especially against right-handed pitching. Uh, Josh Naylor has been hitting with more power. Jimenez is picking it up. Josh Bell's picking it up a little bit. And of course, Jose Ramirez is always in play. And at 5,300 on DraftKings, he's nice and cheap too. How do you feel about Cleveland? Yeah, I still still am concerned about the lack of power. They have been better recently. You're definitely right about that. Um, Naylor is a guy who's been swinging a really good bat. I like him at 4K. Always can play Jose Ramirez. Uh, this is a, a fantastic spot for him. Jimenez at 3,600, I don't mind. Um, Quan at 3,800, like he's cheap enough. I think you can play him even though he's – He's one of those guys that struggles in the power department. He does make up for it a little bit with a high average and a lot of stolen bases. Um, So probably not a full stack. I'm fine with them as a three man. Yeah, I feel very similarly. Give him, get him in there as a mini stack, but probably not a full stack. I want to, it's tough because you can't play Naylor and Bell together. And so I kind of like going one of them, throw in Ramirez, throw in Jimenez. And that's your, uh, your mini stack that you roll with right there. Seattle at Minnesota. Um, no total or seven and a half total in this one. We got a couple of the top pitchers on the slate, George Kirby and Pablo Lopez. Uh, first off, do you have any interest in George Kirby going up against Minnesota and their high strikeout lineup? 
I definitely do. Um, so we just saw this matchup, what, five days ago? Um, on the 20th, they matched up, and Kirby was lights out, seven innings, ten strikeouts. I'm going right back to him. Now Now Byron Buxton is out of the lineup as well. I know Minnesota um, beat up on Seattle a little bit in the games following that one, that gem that Kirby threw. Um, blew up. A, I think it was Gilbert that was a chalk pitcher one day, and Minnesota got to him. Um, and then I forget who started the third game, but Kirby was, was fantastic. He's only 8,700. He's not a huge strikeout guy, but he more than makes up for it with the best control in baseball. Uh, walk rate is down around two and a half percent, which is just absolutely elite. And that allows him to work deeper into games, even though he doesn't have a massive leash, he still works regularly into the sixth and seventh inning, uh, because he just, he doesn't run up his pitch count with walks. Um, so because he gets a high strikeout matchup here, I think that raises the ceiling. I think 8,700 is a little too cheap for him. 8,700 is absolutely a little too cheap for him. I think he's going to be in the cash game consideration, but this is somebody I feel very similarly to Darvish as uh, last night. If he's going to end up being the guy that ends up like 40% owned on a 12 game slate, not only do I want to roll with a fade, but I actually want to stack up Minnesota because Kirby is a great real life pitcher. Um, Minnesota strikes out a ton. Absolutely. But especially against right-handed pitching, um, Minnesota has a bunch of uh, power. We're probably going to see two right-handed uh, batters in that lineup without Buxton, just Correa and either Vasquez or Jeffers, whichever catcher starts. Uh, everyone else we're going to see probably hits left. Kirby's only got a 20% uh, K rate to lefties this year. 48.8% uh, hard hit rate, two, uh, 201 ISO. I want to stack up this, this Minnesota team if if Kirby's going to be really chalky. And so not maybe a full stack, but roll with Julian Kirilov Kepler, something like that, maybe mix in a little Joey Gallo. I think that's a very, very interesting sneaky stack that's super cheap, maybe allows you to get to a team like Atlanta if you're playing uh, – a few Atlanta bats and you just mix in some of these 2k uh, Minnesota bats. I think that's a really, really strong way to differentiate in tournaments. Pardon me. How about Pablo Lopez going up against Seattle? Another high strikeout team. Yeah. I think you got to play for the upside here. Um, Seattle has some power so they can be a, a risky opponent to, to attack. Um, Pablo's been a little inconsistent. He was having a fantastic start to the season. Then he fell off for a little bit. Then he's picked it back up a little bit. Um, he went just five innings his last time out against Seattle. He did have seven strikeouts, but I think you could see him rebound and just he could have a monster game here because of the all the strikeouts in the Seattle lineup, like you mentioned. He's expensive. You have to pay for it, but I think that keeps the ownership down. I think he's going to be a, a great play for tournaments. A lot of strikeouts in the Seattle lineup and also a lot of righties. Uh, we're going to see Crawford and Ford in there, I'm sure, but maybe – Cade Marlowe, who just got called up as a lefty, um, and but maybe not. Um, and so we might not even uh, we might not even get uh, three lefties. There might only be two in this lineup. And Lopez has been absolutely elite to righties this season, th- almost thirty three percent K rate, forty seven percent ground ball percentage. Um, and so I think he's I think he's arguably the highest upside pitcher on the slate. But there definitely is one other guy in particular that. Um, and I think is going to be my main SP one. If I'm looking to rack up a lot of points, maybe two that I would rank ahead of Lopez, but I think just, uh, just one, but we'll get to those guys later. How about bats in this one? I don't think I want to play Seattle going up against Lopez at all, but we talked Minnesota against Kirby. I think that's very interesting for tournaments. Would that be something you'd uh, want to do at all? I'm not as high on them as you were. I think you made some excellent points. Um, I just, Kirby's a tough guy to stack against because he just doesn't allow any extra traffic uh, because of the, the walk rate. I feel like he's a better strikeout pitcher than he has been this so far this season. Obviously, he showed that his last time out. Doesn't mean it's going to continue in this one. Um, I, I don't mind them as a mini stack, but I, I won't have a ton of exposure. Yeah, I think that's if I if I were on the expert survey on Tuesday, I think that would be the team I'd write up for my sneaky stack because it's definitely risky going up against one of the top bats, uh, top pitchers on the slate. But Minnesota is a team with a lot of left-handed power, so that's one that I'm I'm interested in taking shots on in tournaments. We got Cincinnati at Milwaukee, uh, eight total in this one. Andrew Abbott facing Corbin Burns, strong pitching matchup. Um, do you have any interest in Andrew Abbott going into um, into Milwaukee? 
I do. Uh, he has just been awesome since coming up. Uh, Milwaukee has been terrible against left-handed pitching. Um, I don't love the price tag because he's not a massive strikeout guy. Um, he did. He does have a couple of spite games where he he racked up double-digit strikeouts, but I don't think you should expect that. Um, so you probably his, need his favorite to lefties has just been stupid this year. Um, but like, it, it'll be interesting to see how many lefties we see in this lineup. And it's also just been such a small sample size. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, and I think he's going to end up an above average strikeout pitcher. So I, I believe the strikeout rate, it just isn't there every game for him just being a young pitcher. I, I will have some exposure because I think he absolutely could strike out 10 guys in this spot. Just, I, I don't think he does it more than, I don't know, 50% of the time, probably not even like 20% of the time is probably a more realistic number. 9,500. He'll be in the pool, but um, just a, a tournament dart throw basically. I feel like I'm talking more about splits on this slate than I typically would already, because there just are quite a few pitchers that have some pretty extreme splits like Kirby. And another one is Corbin Burns, but he's a very, a very heavy reverse splits guy. Uh, strikes out way more lefties, gets way more ground balls to lefties, and he gets hit way harder by righties. So reverse splits in basically every sense of his stats. And the Cincinnati team, you got McLean in there, you got Steer, you got Encarnacion Strand, maybe Tyler Stevenson, but not a lot of righty power you're worried about. It's mostly the lefties in this lineup. Um, however, the Cincinnati lineup is still a much better lineup than we saw earlier in the year. How, how much interest do you have in Corbin Burns? So Cincinnati is a really good offense now with all the young talent that they've called up, but you made some excellent points there. Um, Corbin Burns has figured some things out. Back-to-back double-digit strikeout games. When this guy's right, he is, for my money, probably the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, with the Grom on the shelf, for sure. I know Strider's taking huge steps forward. But Corbin Burns, I mean, for a long time, was just unhittable. He has that cutter that he absolutely dominates lefties with. So the reverse splits are very real. There's very clear data that that shows that. And I agree, there's just there's not a a lot of threats to be afraid of here and if if Burns is right I don't care what the matchup is I'm I'm just gonna play him um 9200 is is too cheap for his upside I could absolutely see 10 strikeouts here that being said I could also see Cincinnati getting to him a little bit hitting a couple of home runs um but I will certainly have some exposure to Corbin Burns yeah, I agree 100%, especially because Cincinnati has who even a lot of their left-handed hitters who are really strong power guys like Dela Cruz, hardcore ground ball hitter so far in their careers. And so it uh, really lines up with, well with Burns' skill set. It's going to depend on ownership for me, but if he comes in overlooked, which I think he kind of will because Cincinnati is a strong offense and there's so many good uh, pitchers on this slate, I will really, really like Corbin Burns uh, as a tournament play. How about offenses in this one? Um, I'm not even going to give it to a specific uh, team because it's a 12-game slate. Stevie's not here. I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> um, even I think I can say that. I think, I'll, heck, just in case. But uh, um, Cincinnati and Milwaukee, do you have any interest in either of these teams? Because I don't think I'll be getting there outside of maybe like Jake Fraley one-off, William Contreras one-off. Yeah, two really good pitchers, so I don't feel the need to. I'm definitely not stacking. Um, you can always hunt for home runs. I think Burns was the side I would try to rather try to do that on, um, just because he has shown some struggles. Encarnacion Strand is still cheap. He has big power, 3K. I don't mind trying to find a cheap home run there. Um, Steer, I think, would be my favorite. If, if I was just trying to pick a guy to hit a home run, Steer would be the guy at 4,500, but definitely not a stack for me. Yeah, I like maybe Matt. Mc- I like maybe Matt McLean as a potential one-off play too. If you land on a mini stack and you get two, three of them, I don't think that's the worst thing. But definitely not a team I'd be targeting at all, unless I was playing one fifty. And still, then probably not very much. We got the battle in New York's at the start of the slate, but we also got the battle of Chicago's. And if I'm not mistaken, Keith, you're a Chicago guy, so we definitely want to be uh, weighing into your thoughts on this one. We got the Cubs at the White Sox. I have, in fact, hit a single at guaranteed right field by <laughs> thrown by one of their uh, pitching coaches nice. at the uh, fantasy at the World Fantasy Baseball uh, Live Final for Panduel last year, um, and so that was fun. Got to see 
we go into guaranteed rate, got to see Squirrel, got to see Christy, got to see Dre, had some fun times. I didn't hit any dingers, but uh, hit a couple <laughs> singles. Christy actually was hammering some balls over nice. the infield that would definitely would have made it into the uh, into the outfield, popped in there for some singles and doubles. But anyways, not the important singles and doubles. We want the singles and doubles and the home runs from this one. Nine total, Kyle Hendricks, Michael Kopech. Starting things off with Hendricks, the road guy. Do you have any interest going up against the White Sox? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm not scared of the White Sox, but I don't think that I can play Hendricks on a 12-game slate. He just doesn't have the strikeout upside. He's all the way down at 16% on the season. He's been pretty good. Um, Underlying metrics say there's a little regression coming, though. Um, Just not enough upside. You are left with 7K left in your lineup. You need an SP2. You can't quite afford Aaron Savali. Do you leave Kyle Hendricks, Nick Pavetta, or maybe Steven Matt, something like that in there, or do you just readjust your lineup? Can you give me 100 for Kopech? <laughs> nope. <laughs> if I can't get Kopech, oh, man, I think – Pavetta has been striking everybody out. Like he's probably going to get torched, but he could also rack up strikeouts. I just, I don't see a scenario where Hendricks gets more than like six strikeouts would be his absolute ceiling. I feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't blow up my lineup. If I absolutely loved everything else, I'm fine leaving Hendricks in there, but I, it would have to be that scenario only. Michael Kopech on the other side, sounds like you might have a little bit of interest in him. He was lights out earlier in the year. It looked like he was finally uh, living up to his potential. He's always been a guy I've loved because uh, he got one of those uh, young prospect elite cards in MLB The Show a couple years ago. And so he was like 99 overall with a 101 fastball. Hmm. Uh, And he was like really, really uh, him and Garrett Crochet, actually, who pitched this uh, Monday evening Two guys who you get those uh, rookie cards in it and they'd have crazy stats for. But uh, he was lights out. He really started struggling. Then they talked about he had an injury, got pulled from a game after 38 pitches. He was nobody played him last late and it was uh, people stacking up against him. And he played a fantastic game up against the Mets. Um, five K's 21 fantasy points went five innings and five and two thirds innings and only 89 pitches. You got some interest in Kopech at 7.1 K at 7,100. I think you have to chase the strikeout upside a little bit. He's had walk issues. That's been his bugaboo, his whole career. Um, he no longer has that 101 mile an hour fastball since the injuries. Um, he still has plenty of stuff though. And the strikeout ability is still in there. He gets a matchup against the Cubs who have struck out a ton this season um, at only 7,100. Yeah, he he could get blown up. He could walk four guys again. Um, but at only 7,100, I'm willing to chase this very often in tournaments just because of the strikeout upside here against my Cubs. 
both of these offenses to me feel like teams that I really only want to target in like MME type settings. Hendricks isn't great. So absolutely the White Sox could get some hits off of them. But it's like you said, I don't really want to play any White Sox outside of maybe Luis Robert or Eloy Jimenez. You can always play them. Um, on the other side of things, the, uh, the Cubs, it's really a boom bust spot because if it's good Kopech, the Cubs are going to suck. And if it's bad Kopech, the Cubs could have 10 runs. But they're probably still going to only be an exclusive, like an MMB exclusive team for me. I'll get some full stacks of them, a couple one-offs. I'll play my Cody Bellinger. I love Cody Bellinger always. Um, and if he's got some strong home run odds, I'll probably bet on him. But a full stack, I don't think I'm going to go there unless I'm running 150. Yeah, I I have a little more interest, I think. Like as much as I like Kopech, it like you you nailed it exactly when you said it's a boom bust spot because absolutely the Cubs could hit three home runs off of Kopech and he could be out of the game by the third inning or sooner. We've seen even um I Cody Bellinger is an awesome call. He's one of my favorite bats on the entire slate. I like Ian Happ a ton as well. He's really cheap, 3400. Um Talkman if he's in the leadoff spot is fine, 3300. Like the Cubs are pretty cheap outside of Horner and Morell. Bellinger, I think, is is more than worth his price tag, and then everybody else in the lineup is cheap. So, I'm I'm interested in the full stack, and it's just hoping that either Kopech has control issues again, runs up the pitch count really early, and we see a ton of the Sox bullpen, or they just they touch him up quite a bit and they hit a couple of home runs off him, and we get to the bullpen early that way. Uh, I think this Cubs stack has quite a bit of upside today. There really haven't been all that many full stacks that I really like tonight so far as uh, this is why you got to tune in on on youtube and not just the podcast so you get the video because my dog obi-wan just felt the need to come say hello and so you get the uh it, it's it's worth it for you to hit that like button because you get uh you get the furry friends giving you baseball content as well um, special guests yeah exactly there's not that many full stacks i really like and so based on that that does kind of make me want to bump up these guys a little bit i love cody bellinger but I still don't know if I'm going to go to a full stack of this team. Maybe just because a guy like you can throw in Mastro, Mastro Buoni or whatever his name is at uh, at 2K and he's nice and cheap. And so he he fits. But I think this is mostly a spot I'd rather go like Telkman, Hap, Bellinger, get those three guys in there. I think those are probably the three who uh, could hit a homer and then uh, go from there. Um, next game we have on this one is uh is is uh pretty interesting another a few other boom bust spots i think we got owen white 4k going up against jp france what can you tell me about uh owen white is is that is that the opener and it's going to be bradford behind him what do we what do we think we got going on for this game so i had bradford listed um is bradford the opener and white coming behind him white is who we have in the uh rg page and on the RG starting lineups at 4K, and then DraftKings has Cody Bradford um, coming in there. But like Bradford Next. also is a guy that like, I mean, I guess he has pitched a lot before, but he typically doesn't go too deep. Yeah, he definitely isn't going to go deep, even even if he does get the start. Um, Napsterman is usually on top of that news, and he's really good at at setting lineups the night before. If he has Owen White, I'm going to lean that side of it and, and expect Owen White to open. Um, let me look up his pitch count in his last minor league start real quick. I'm going to read the um, DK blurb while you do that. Texas optioned right-hander Glenn Otto to AAA to clear room uh, on the 26-man active roster for White, who was up with the Rangers for the second time this season with the Rangers opting, opting to skip Eovaldi's turn through the rotation Tuesday against the, Ash- the Astros. White or Cody Bradford could be candidates to serve as the spot starter or multi-inning option out of the bullpen that day. And so it's probably going to be White, even though uh, DraftKings has it listed as him right now. Um, Owen White is 4K. He has started one other game, and he went only two innings, and he went up three earned runs. Do you think you can take a shot on a 4K guy? He threw 69 nice pitches in his Last minor league start, 60 the start before that, 57 the start before that. So he does not have a super long leash, even as a starter in the minor leagues. Um, 4K is 4K, though. You can do a lot with, with the bats if you deploy a 4K pitcher. Um, I'll, I, I can't commit to playing him right now, but I think that it's something that I will dive into a little bit deeper tomorrow. I'm not 
terrified of this Houston lineup, although Alvarez should be back tomorrow or today, I believe, um, which definitely hurts the case here to play. Uh, that would basically make me not play him if I'm being yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with you there. Um, but if, if Alvarez is out again, then I, I will dig into it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It's something I want to consider. Maybe not a hundred percent commit to the night before until we do a bit more of a deep dive. It's the benefit of the morning grind. This is a first look pod, and uh, you know the Grinders Live crew, the Expert Survey crew, and the uh, Crunch Time crew. They're going to have cheese in his musings. They're going to have the breakdowns uh, on Owen White for you there as well. Um, let's talk about bats. We got, or sorry, JP France going up against Texas. We're not playing JP France, right? No, not against this Texas team. All right, bats. What Texas against uh, uh, JP France? Are you interested in this Texas team? I believe still likely to be without Corey Seager. Yeah, definitely without Seager. He was put on the IL. Um, Odolis Garcia is the one that you need to keep your eye on as well. Um, he missed. Monday night as well. I think he left Sunday and then missed Monday. So it's two, two games. It's he was hitting the hand, which is never a fun thing for a hitter. If he's out of the lineup again, it just, it does make the check, the stack cheaper, which is, is nice. Uh, because I, I'm not afraid of JP France. I have no problem using one of baseball's best offenses against him. Um, Josh Jung at, at 4,600, one of my favorite bats. I really like Nate Lowe at 3,900. Very nice price on Nate Lowe there. Um, Jankowski's been hitting in the two hole at 3,100, not the most talented hit hitter, but there's some speed there. He's really cheap. Don't hate that. Um, uh, Tavares at three K usually hits ninth. So if you want to wrap that around, certainly don't mind that either. Not that we're that terrified of anybody against JP France, but he has been quite a bit better to lefties than he has been to righties this year. Uh, righties are hitting them harder. They're striking out less, higher, higher ISO, less ground balls, 61% rate to lefties, only a 34.5% uh, uh, ground ball rate to righties. So I love the Josh Young call. Um, I think he's a great play. Ezekiel Duran uh, in there as well, Marcus Semi, and I think those would be the guys for one-offs I'd be most interested in going to. But Nate Lowe is just too cheap for a guy of uh, his caliber as well. And so throw all these guys together and it's like, well, damn, I uh, all of a sudden I got a full stack. Um, and so I would actually like to see Ezekiel Duran maybe in that two hole instead of Jankowski, just looking at these reverse splits. Um, I think that'd be pretty awesome if they do that. But uh, that would probably make Duran one of my one of my top plays on the slate. But yeah. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know if we can uh, expect that type of thing. What about Houston on the other side going up against uh, probably Owen Miller? Yeah. So upon further review of Owen White, that's going to be oh, a yeah, big Owen no. White, Sorry, Owen Miller is uh, on uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, the hitter. Um, yeah, Owen White's been pretty awful in AAA this year. Um, the results have been okay, 394 ERA, but he doesn't strike anybody out, and he, he walks a ton of guys. 13.5% strikeouts, almost 15% walks. I don't think you can play him. I was going to stack up Houston even before I saw those, those numbers um, just because like, I don't think either one of the, even if it's Bradford, neither one's going deep here. Um, neither one is very good to be honest. If Alvarez is back, that's a huge, huge deal here. 5k. He would be my favorite, no matter if it's the lefty or the righty. Um, Tucker is up there. He's very expensive, but certainly always in play. Don't think I can do Bregman at, at 6K. I know he's been better recently, but that that's still that's a lot to ask for for Alex Bregman. Um, uh, who's the catcher? Diaz at 4,500. If he's in the lineup, Abreu is cheap at 3,700. So have to see what the lineup looks like. Hopefully, Jordan's in there. I would I would like this as a full stack if Jordan's in there. If he's not, then it's probably more of a mini stack for me. Yeah, I like it's honestly with the way some of these guys have been hitting so far, like Bregman has been really hot lately. McCormick has been smashing the ball. Diaz has been great against uh, against righties all year and really everybody all year. And so throw in Kyle Tucker. And I do like this team for tournaments. Um, not going to be one of my top, top teams on the board, but definitely in the mix for uh, MME for sure. And I think kind of above those uh, those other teams that we said early that I was like, maybe only for MME. Um, this would be a team for me that's like firmly in, in MME, maybe even like a 20 max, uh, 20 max 10, 10 entry type scenario as well. 
Next game on the slate, we got Pittsburgh. We got at uh, San Diego. Rich Hill and Blake Snell, eight and a half total. We're not playing Rich Hill against the Padres, but Blake Snell, Keith, is, I think, my favorite spend-up pitcher on the entire slate. He finally had a game that we weren't happy with. He was on quite a run there for two months. Um, It was like almost 10 starts in a row where he was just lights out. He was striking out a ton of people, working fairly deep into the game for Blake Snell standards anyway. And then he comes out and he walks seven guys against Toronto and just turns into full-on Blake Snell. (laughs) He's going to do that to you from time to time. But for upside, he's awesome just because of that strikeout ability. Like He shows up with double-digit strikeouts as often as anybody in the league. He gets a fantastic matchup here against Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh has struggled quite a bit to lefties. They have a 23.5% strikeout rate, so solid upside spot here for Snell. Um, Definitely some risk. There's always risk with Blake Snell. That price tag, I think, like I mentioned with Lopez, I don't think people are going up here all that often on this huge slate. So I think he comes in fairly low-owned, 15% tops, I would say. Um, And I think he's a fantastic tournament play. Now this, like, so Pittsburgh is a team that basically always rolls out very, like, all right-handed lineups against uh, against left-handed pitching. They take guys like Sawinski out of there. Uh, Marcano usually won't play uh, against the lefty. And it's interesting that this could be very noisy because I feel like, well, there's only 82 bat at bats for Blake Snell this year against left-handed bats. And those are probably just the best left-handed bats in the league. That's why they were still in the lineup against him, but he's got a 53 and a half hard hit rate to lefties this year and only 34 and a half to righties. And so if we do end up and his strikeouts don't suffer whatsoever to the right side of the plate, um, and so if we do get this all like almost all right-handed lineup for Snell, I do think uh, he's got some really strong upside and the, the ability as well to just mow down some guys with some ground balls, even if he runs into some walk issues. So I don't, I wouldn't call him the safest pitcher on the slate. I wouldn't even call him the best uh, DFS play on the slate necessarily, but I think he's definitely got the highest upside on the slate. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. What about on the other, I mean, we're not playing Rich Hill, but in terms of bats, look, Pittsburgh against Blake Snell, he might, if you want to play him, play Pittsburgh because they're cheap and you think Snell might walk a a bunch of times, absolutely in consideration for GPPs. Um, But I think probably San Diego is going to be the offense in this game we're a little more interested in. Yeah, definitely. And I don't mind some shots on on Snell. Uh, Pittsburgh is cheap for one. Uh, and they've got a lot of young guys that they've recently called up who are solid prospects. Uh, Henry Davis is one. Andy Rodriguez is another one. He's a switch hitter, so I think he'll still be in the lineup. Um, McCutcheon is back. He's 4,500. Reynolds is stronger from the other side when he's when he's facing righties. He's a better hitter from the left side. Uh, so I probably don't pay 5,400, but I don't mind even a full stack just because they're so cheap. It lets you pay up for pitching, and Snell can, can always have those blow-up games, so. Pittsburgh, it would be like a, a one in twenty type of play for me, but they I wouldn't be surprised if I have at least one Pittsburgh stack. San Diego on the other side, definitely interested in, in this stack. Um I feel like I can almost guarantee that one Pittsburgh stack you have will be with Pablo Lopez and Andrew Abbott. That sounds like a, a good plan. Because I'm just thinking like they're nice and cheap, right? The only yep. other guy I'd probably want and I'd need them to pay up for would be Snell. And I and it's way too big of a slate to Yep. go against your pitcher so it's like that one pittsburgh lineup you get in that 20 entry you pair it with lopez and abbott the other two expensive guys i think that works love it um san diego in a great spot rich hill 43 years old or something like that doesn't have much left in the tank san diego has been hitting a little bit better here recently um pricey on, on tatis but totally worth it massive upside um soto is fine even lefty lefty uh, and and having to pay up for him. Machado is probably point per dollar my favorite play here, 5,400. Don't mind Kim either at 4,400. He's been leading off a little bit, especially against lefties. Uh, so really like Kim and his price tag. Um, Sanchez, if he's in there, 3,500. Don't mind him as a catcher with some pop. I think he's like even, honestly, I think Sanchez is borderline in play as a cash game option all the way yep. down at 3,500. It seems like his price is going down the algorithm seems to be docking him for games he's not playing. 
Um, and he was like all the way up at 4,500 and now he's down to 35. And so, especially against the lefty, if he happens to grab like a spot fifth or sixth in the lineup and he's not all the way down seven or eighth, I think he might end up being like my top catcher on the slate. Yeah. Love the matchup for him against the lefty, a low strikeout lefty at, at that. Rich Hill's got less than 20% strikeouts on the year. So awesome spot for Sanchez. Various books have also had some crazy odds on Xander Bogarts this year to hit home runs. He's been frequently at like plus 800, plus 900 at different spots. So if you see that out there again on uh, on Tuesday against the lefty, definitely uh, take some shots on that one as well against a guy like Rich Hill. Three games left, big slates late at night. We're getting through it. Uh, we got the Cardinals at the Diamondbacks, Mats at Gallon. No total in this one yet. Do you have any interest in Steven Matz, nice and cheap, going up against Arizona? Nope. I really don't. Um, I know I know he's been okay here recently. Just Arizona is a really tough team to pick on. Uh, they don't strike out very much. They're pesky. They, they get on base a lot. They run a lot. Um, if, I was take, if I was trying to find somebody in here, we talked about if I had to play Kyle Hendricks, would I? I think Matz is my preferred 6K guy, but I'm, just, I'm hoping that Kopech is the lowest I need to go today. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't really want to go lower than Kopech, and I, I never want to target people against Arizona, and especially not a left-handed pitcher, I don't think. And so um, I'm probably not going to be getting to any Steven Matz. What about Zach Gallon on the other side? Very tough matchup, but this is a guy that, I mean, hey, if the NL Cy Young doesn't go to Spencer Strider, it's probably going to Zach Gallon. Yeah, um, definitely in play just because of the upside. Um, sorry, Merrill Kelly was listed on, on DK. Um, I assume that it's Gallon. Kelly is actually currently on the IL, so I guess DraftKings is assuming that he's coming off the injured list. Um, but yeah, Gallon has that that huge strikeout rate, 26%, very solid. St. Louis has, has been an underperforming offense all season long, so it's a tough spot for him. There's still there's still a, an above average offense. They're just not the elite offense that we thought they were going to be. Um, but Gallon is is always in play. Do you have a price tag there? I guess I can look it up too. Um, nine point one ninety one. Yeah, I mean it's a fair enough price. We've paid ten k for Gallon before. I think I he'll he will be in the pool just for that strikeout upside. Yeah, hundred percent in the pool. I'm interested to see how many lefties we get in this lineup. Um, Gorman kind of expected to be uh, back in there, but uh, Gowan is a guy that's actually struck out more lefties so far this season. So while I do have interest in him, let's run it over to the bats. I actually do think I have interest in the Cardinals going up against him as well. Not in like a single entry type scenario, but if you're running a lot of lineups or you're playing something in a large field, I think the Car- I feel very similarly to the Cardinals as I do, even though they're totally different prices, totally different teams as the Twins. Of like, yeah, I might want to play this good pitcher against them, but I also think they have pretty high upside as a sneaky stack. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that, um, especially with some of the pricing here. You've got Tyler O'Neill still really cheap at 3700 Newt Barr, if he's leading off again at 4 k or Donovan has been leading off a little bit, $3,700. Uh, Jordan Walker has huge power. He's three k 2900 DeJong is 3 k so, I mean, outside of Gold, Goldschmidt and Arenado, there really isn't anybody that's priced up. Um, they're honestly a, a value stack. Yeah, they are, which is not something you typically consider a team like St. Louis as, but they're priced that way outside of the big two. If you're paying down for one of your pitchers, you can probably get at least one of Goldschmidt or Arenado in there. I think they're a very strong stack, but an even stronger stack, I think, belongs to Arizona. I talked about how there aren't all that many teams I like as a full stack so far. There's the Padres, um, there's there's the Cubs, and maybe uh, Texas and uh, Texas, Atlanta, and maybe Minnesota. But Arizona, I think, is going to be one of those teams among the top of my list, maybe up there close to uh, Atlanta on this slate. Yeah, I completely agree with you. They're a very good offense. They line up really well against lefties. Christian Walker is one of my favorite bats on the entire slate. Uh, love Kettle Marte as well. Corbin Carroll, 6K lefty-lefty. Don't care if he if he gets on base, he can steal, um, load him up. He has amazing upside even in a lefty lefty matchup. Uh, if Longoria cracks the lineup, he's cheap. Rivera has been hitting pretty well lately, thirty four hundred. I'm I'm right there with you. Arizona is is in in the top tier today for sure. 
Oakland at San Francisco, not two offenses we typically want to target. No total yet. We got Ken Waldachuk at Alex Cobb. Waldachuk is all the way down at 5.2K. I don't care. I'm not playing Ken Waldachuk. Are you? <laughs> no, I am. I'm not playing Ken Waldachuk. Alex Cobb, on the other hand, 7.6. I think we got to consider as one of the top point per dollar arms on the slate. He absolutely is. Um, I like that he got blown up a little bit in his last start because I still think he's going to be pretty popular. Um, but if, if he had just kept stringing together solid starts, he would be mega chalk in this spot. Um, we love picking on Oakland. Alex Cobb, for my money, is is a very good starting pitcher. The strikeouts haven't quite been there this season. Um, he didn't record one single strikeout. He got 10 ground balls in his last start against Cincinnati. Um, maybe he was purposely trying to do that because he was in Great American Ballpark. Um, there is strikeout stuff in there when when he when he needs there to be. Um, and Oakland is a team that strikes out a ton. So 7,600 for Cobb with one of the best matchups that you can ask for. Sign me up. Ownership is the only concern. Yeah, 100%. I am with you on that one. I don't really think I want to play much Oakland against him again. Maybe it's like a just cheap stack only, mini stack only scenario. But San Fran against Waldachuk, we are going to have to worry about pinch hit risk, but it's going to be interesting to see what type of lineup they throw out there. And if we get guys like Conforto or uh, or Yaz in there against the lefty, that'll make things nicer of just guys you know you can mix in there and they're not going to get pinch hit for. But even guys who have some risk, Bailey, David, or Davis probably doesn't have any risk, but Flores, I think these are some really strong plays tonight. Yeah, I hate when San Francisco sets up well against a lefty because that, that pinch hit risk is so frustrating. Um, you just you have to have some off interest, J.D. Though. Davis. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, Wilmer Flores had a, a monster game as, as big-time chalk not too long ago. I think he had two home runs. He's had a monster stretch lately in general. Yeah, he really has been on fire. Um, I certainly love him. You can always play him against a lefty. There's always going to be that that risk that he gets taken out after two, two at-bats. But you, you kind of just plug him in and live with it. Slater always has massive pinch hit risk. Um, it's, it's not fun, but I think you have to have interest just because of how good of a spot it is. Yeah, I agree. Like, even if it, you're just going a mini stack, one of the lefties or Slater alongside Flores and Davis, uh, maybe, or you put, mix in some Patrick Bailey in there. I like this team quite a bit going up against Waldachuk and that terrible Oakland bullpen. They're going to be one of my, if not favorites as a full stack. This might end up being a slate where I just end up getting like three mini stacks in a, in a single entry style lineup, as opposed to a full stack, which is very rare for a 12 game slate. Like usually on a 12 game slate, I'm more likely to stack, but there's just so many of these teams where there's individual bats or like three bats sticking out as opposed to the entire team. And I feel like St. Uh, San Fran is kind of one of them. Final game of the night, we got the Dodgers and Toronto. This game's playing right now on Monday as we speak. We got Bassett going at Julio Arias. Chris Bassett, strong pitcher, but he struggles against lefties, which the Dodgers have a lot of and a lot of really good ones. Julio Arias, way too expensive uh, for me to have any interest in playing. But in terms of the bats against him, the Blue Jays should stack up beautifully against uh, lefties. And they've been one of the very worst offenses in baseball against left-handed pitching this year. Um, so starting with the pitching, do you have any interest in Chris Bassett at 7,500? He is cheap. Um, but boy, is it a tough matchup. Like you said, the Dodgers line up pretty well against him. He's had one of the widest splits in all of baseball. He's been just absolutely destroyed by left-handed pitching. Um, he's been really solid against righties. But you mentioned the Dodgers do have quite a few lefties that they can throw at him uh, with Muncy. And then most of their outfield is left-handed, Outman, Hayward, um, Peralta, if he's in there. But, yeah, too many lefties here, too good of an offense. I, I don't think I'm I'm going after Bat- Bassett. He is cheap. I could see it working out, but probably don't need it on the slate. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you need it. I just – I fear against a team like the Dodgers that, like – Sure, he might go six innings against them, but it'll probably be with four or five earned runs and only four or five strikeouts. Um, and so it's probably just, I, I can't imagine too many scenarios on a slate that's big that we would need him. Um, so no Bassett for me. Julio Arias at that price tag? Nope. 
next. Yeah, I, I'm out too. Like I know you said Toronto's been one of the worst offenses in baseball against lefties. I, that doesn't make any sense. I don't expect right? that to really continue. Uh, and your eyes just doesn't have the leash for 9,600. Um, he rarely goes Jays over 90 fan, it's pitches. It's infuriating. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, he's he was at 93 pitches last time out, and he he didn't pitch well. But they needed length from him in that in that game. It's the only reason he was out there that long. He gave up eight runs, which is uncharacteristic. He's a better pitcher than that. But tough spot here against Toronto. He's more than likely going to land in that 85 to 90 pitches range. I just don't I don't see the ceiling here for 9600. No, uh, no cheating. But uh, what Matt Chapman has the highest ISO against the, against lefties this season on the Blue Jays. He's got a 231 ISO. Who has the second highest ISO to lefties on their team? And what do you think it is? Just uh, counting I, this year's stats. I mean, obvious guess would be Vlad, but I know that he has struggled mightily against lefties this year. Um, I'm going to go Bo Bichette 140. And so, oh, okay, shoot. Actually, Bo wasn't in the lineup. Uh, I was just looking at Monday's lineup, and Bo wasn't in it. But, yeah, Bo, I think, is actually at, like, 180 against lefties. Yeah. Uh, but just, like, this lineup that they threw out yes uh, on Monday, um, we have – Vladimir Guerrero is at a 0.037. I Holy cow. Lefties this year. <laughs> I, I guess struggling would be an understatement. <laughs> Despite a 55.3% hard hit rate. It truly <laughs> makes no sense. Uh, but anyways, second uh, in the lineup today, but you're right. Bichette absolutely would have been, uh, would have been higher is Whit Merrifield with a 104 ISO. Oh, <laughs> they've That's, just like, 104 is not good. Yeah, so like Bichette will be he he just got a little break on Monday. Uh, he'll be back in there, even though he's been struggling lately. But he has been their second best hitter against lefties this year. But it's been tough. Obviously, Jansen's been fine too, but he's hurt right now. So, um, having said that, Arias hasn't been very great either. And the Blue Jays are due for negative re- or positive regression against lefties. They're not going to be this bad when they're hitting the ball this hard. Um, I still think I have some interest in a contrarian Blue Jays stack. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. There's clearly something going on with Urias. Um they're in they're in play. I wish they were a little cheaper. If they were cheaper, I would have a ton of interest. It's just it's a little tough to get to them. Um Bichette at fifty seven hundred, Vlad at fifty five hundred, Springer at fifty three hundred, Chapman at fifty one hundred. I want all those guys against a lefty because they've all crushed lefties throughout their career. I don't care really what they've done in a smaller sample this season. Um, that I, I will have at least one premium Blue Jays stack just because, I mean, those four names right there, you mentioned Merrifield's been decent against lefties or at least compared to some of his teammates. Um, Kirk is 2,700. Certainly love that. Um, yeah, I, I'll have, I'll have a Blue Jays stack. Bassett is getting 50 hit hard, 57% by lefties this year, a 260 ISO only striking out 24% of people, which isn't too bad, but against the Dodgers, it's not going to cut it. I think there's an argument to be made that the Dodgers could be the top team on this entire slate to stack for tournaments. you got high-priced, top-tier options like Freddie Freeman, uh, who has been absolutely lights out lately. you got Mookie Betts, who is a righty, but he can hit anyone, and he can play him at a valuable position at second base. Um JD Martinez was out. He's was out of the lineup on Monday. He may be out of the lineup again on Tuesday. And if he is like Peralta, Outman, Hayward, that's a lot of lefties with some high upside that are very, very cheap. And then of course you got Max Muncy below 5k. I think he's in the cash game uh, discussion and is arguably one of the top bats on the slate. Yep. Completely agree on Muncie. Too cheap. 4,800. Big time lefty power. Bassett's been smoked by lefties. Love all the outfielders. Hayward, Outman, Peralta. Um, they're all cheap. They all um, hit left-handed. Betts is expensive. Probably not going to get played that often. Freeman is worth paying up for against Bassett. Um, love, love the Dodgers. I think I have Atlanta and Arizona slightly ahead. They'd be three for me, but they're absolutely in that top tier. I agree with you a hundred percent. And with that, we will, we have completed our way through a 12 game slate. I tried to get it done in under an hour. Not quite. We got an hour and one minute. Pretty so close. Far. But, uh, still, you know, a little time for the morning grind game. We'll rip through it nice and quick. Uh, starting with a pitcher over 8K who you think is going to get six or more strikeouts. 
who do you like for an expensive pitcher to go with? Wait, you mean under 8K to get six strikeouts, right? Yes, dang it. I, <laughs> I, I knew it, and I even said it wrong this time. I, our friend Derek Ringering and Ringering in chat, he, he laid it out for me. He had it, he, he laid it right out, and I still uh, said it wrong. So, yes, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Give me Alex Cobb. Uh, no strikeouts in his last start. He gets Oakland this time out. He's a better strikeout pitcher than that. Um, I'm just I'm hoping the ownership stays low enough where I can load up on some Cobb today. I like that. I think I agree that is probably the top choice, but I'm going to go with Michael Kopech. Uh, maybe a little less safety than Cobb, but uh, he definitely has the strikeout upside pitcher over 8K that you think is going to bust. Give me Charlie Morton. Um, Boston just doesn't strike out a bunch, so he needs to be pretty good, pretty pretty clean, not give up many runs at all. And he's pitching in Fenway Park, which is, is a tough tough spot to uh, limit runs against. So um, Morton at 9,300, tough spot in Boston. Appreciate you leaving me the nice and easy one. I'm going to go with Julio Arias uh, because he just is way too expensive, and I – I, even if he was 7.5, I don't think I'd be playing him uh, against the Blue Jays in this one outside maybe uh, an MME position. Who do you got under 4K, under 4K mm. to, hit, <laughs> nope. to, hit, to get two oh, hits? Oh, to get two hits, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Home run one's <laughs> next. Under 4K okay. to get two hits. <laughs> um, under 4K to get two hits. Give me Jimer uh, Candelario. Love, love how he sets up against the lefty. Had a big night Monday night. Like him to do it again. Candelario, I like that one quite a bit. He's been a pretty consistently like a nice low-owned GPP play that nobody uh, really often gets to. And he's been hitting with so, so much power this year. Under 4K to get two hits. Give me who do I who do I who do I want to go with here? I'm gonna go Nate Lowe. Nate Lowe under 4K. Give me two hits. He's 3,900. What about over 4K? To hit me a home run. Give me Austin Riley in Fenway Park facing a fly ball pitcher. Love this spot for the Braves. Love this spot for their right-handed power. Austin Riley. I'm going to go with Max Muncy in this one. Somebody we just talked about. Uh, Bassett really struggles against those lefties. And uh, Muncy is one of the best left-handed power hitters in all of baseball. Two players also that are pretty hot right now. Two guys that are uh, hitting for a ton of power consistently these last few games it's been a 12 game slate we're of course going to have a lot of content coming later in the day as well i know i'm on grinders live keith i'm not sure if you're going to be on tuesday at all Uh, i'm on crunch time i believe there it is so you got me for grinders live you got keith for crunch time we're going to have you covered thanks to everyone who tuned in live late at night we're after midnight uh eastern right now and we still got 20 people watching us right now so make sure you hit the like button Make sure, uh, even if you're watching us on YouTube tomorrow, you hit that like button as well. So on behalf of, uh, you know, Stevie, who's usually here holding it down, but, uh, and of course myself, TJ, Keith joining me today. Thank you, everyone. This has been the Morning Grind, and we will see you tomorrow.